So I always love these times of get-togethers. I love like a big party, a good space to just to be up with a whole bunch of people. And this stemmed all the way back into my childhood. Growing up, we'd often have people over to our house, and I just loved the sense of being able to get together with great people for a good meal and enjoy a great space together. And our front window at home growing up had this, uh, this bay window, and I'd usually sit in this bay window, and I'd just wait, and I would watch in eager anticipation for whoever the company was that was about to come. Because I just loved this sense of being together, this anticipation, this deep delight for the goodness of the opportunity we had to be together. And I may be still a little bit like that, but I think as I've gotten older, I've got a little bit more subtle. Now I'll just kind of walk past the front window looking kind of like this every now and then, just to see if the company's shown up yet. Maybe take another walk this way, just see if they're here. Because I, I love this beautiful gift of being together. And today we're continuing on our series in Mark, looking at Mark chapter 14 and the communion experience in Mark 14. And I think one of the things that happens to us so often with passages like this, and maybe even with an experience of communion, it gets kind of ritualistic or feels somewhat distant from our regular life. And today I want us to remember this is a really beautiful passage about Jesus gathering together with his disciples, people he really loved to share a great meal and to experience a sense of connection with one another. And also our time together here is this really good gift of us as a broader family having an opportunity to come together as one big extended family and celebrate and enjoy and delight the really good, beautiful gift of the presence of God. And I'm really praying today that God will do something unique in our hearts. And he will give us this healthy, holy sense of anticipation, the sense of delight to be together in the presence of Jesus, to draw closer to him, to experience a deep sense of oneness with him and with one another, and he'll give us this really good gift through our time this morning. So let's just pray together as we start off. Father, we thank you that you are so much more than enough. We thank you, Lord, that in all things you are gracious and kind, you are good and compassionate. And Lord, we recognize today that in your heart, you have a deep and an eager desire to spend this time with us. Lord, I pray that you would reshape and rework our hearts and minds and souls, that we also would have a deep and a passionate desire for these moments with you. And Lord, we recognize that today our hearts and our minds are filled with so many different things. And we just want to hand over to you all the weight and the concern and the fear and the anxiety and all the distraction in Jesus' name, we just pray against distraction or condemnation or fear or uncertainty. And Jesus, we just invite you to come. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would breathe a fresh sense of newness and life into us. So we could in a fresh way encounter you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as our passage begins, we're looking at uh, Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. As our passage begins, this initial section, I love the sense of Jesus' anticipation to spend this time with his disciples as they have this last supper together just hours before he goes to his crucifixion. And we see the sense of anticipation, this eagerness to be together in the first part of this passage. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to ma and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city. A man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house that he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparation for us there. The disciples left and went into the city and found things as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. 
And now the Passover feast was an annual celebration that the people of God experienced together that looked back all of the way to hundreds of years before when God had rescued and delivered the people from the hands of slavery in Egypt. They remembered how God had sent the ten plagues and freed them from this oppression, how he had parted the waters of the Red Sea for them to walk through in freedom, how he had covered over them so they weren't impacted or damaged by these things. It was this Passover experience. And the disciples knew at this moment in time they were also so eager to see what Jesus was about to do. They recognized that he'd been leading up to this particular moment, and in some particular way they were going to see the beauty and the glory of God, a whole new kind of redemption and freedom from oppression. And so they're gathering together, they're preparing for this, they are asking Jesus, where should we go, where should we celebrate this Passover? As Pastor Matt told us last week, every night they were going out to Bethany, but the Passover by law needed to be eaten within the walls of Jerusalem. And so they say to Jesus, where are we supposed to go, where do you want us to prepare to eat the Passover meal? And I love this passage because Jesus has already made preparation. Jesus has already fully set the stage. He's getting all kinds of things ready because he's eager and excited to experience this Passover with his disciples. And he explains to them, go into the city, you'll see a man with a water jar, follow him, go into the house, talk to the guy who owns the house. He's got a room fully prepared and ready. And we see that one of two things has happened. Either Jesus already knows the owner of the house, they've already had a conversation, they're already prepared, and this guy knows Jesus and his disciples are coming. Or somehow, through the wisdom and the insight of Almighty God, Jesus knows that there's a room upstairs fully furnished and ready for the Passover that is open and available to them in a city that is packed with people looking for space to celebrate the Passover. But one way or the other, Jesus has already made the preparation that's necessary. He's got the room for them, everything is set. They just need to go and bring the food in and cook it and get ready for all of them. And we see in Jesus this deep sense of delight this beautiful sense of welcome. As he sits down with his disciples, another one of the Gospels tells us, Jesus says to them, he looks them in the face and says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And we see this now in the way that he has prepared for his disciples. And as we come to an experience of communion today, it's a similar perspective. Jesus has already perfectly, prefer, perfectly prepared all of the things that we need. He's given us this beautiful salvation. He set us free from our sins and from brokenness, from all the bondage that we sang about a few minutes ago. He's done a beautiful work to restore us and to renew us and to set us free. He's given us this place and he's given us one another to celebrate this experience with. He's given us a healthy, holy sense of community. Jesus has already done all of the hard work. And he's inviting me and he's inviting you to come in and to do our simple part of just preparing our hearts and being willing to welcome and receive this, uh, this beautiful invitation that he has for us to experience this time with him. As we prepare for this, I think one of the things that's been running through my mind over the course of the last couple of weeks looking at this message is that Jesus eagerly desires to spend this time with you. So don't rush through this today. Let's take the time and the space that we need to receive the presence of Jesus, to embrace it, and to walk with him really well through the course of this space. Because Jesus has prepared beautifully all of the things that we need. And none of us comes into this space by accident today. Somehow in the goodness and the fullness of his knowledge and space, he knew that you and I would be in this room at this particular time, and that we would have these moments. And over the course of the last week, for some of you, you have heard the gentle whisper of the Spirit of God affirming to you how deeply He loves you, how passionately He cares for you. 
You felt the sense of his welcome and his invitation. And for others of us, over the course of the last week, there have been spaces where we have run up against various parts of our lives where we are full of temptation and struggle and frustration and difficulty and anguish and agony and pain and grief. And in these spaces also, Jesus has been preparing our hearts, bringing these things to the surface so that we can receive from him the things that we need today. And so whatever your week has looked like, wherever you may be, I want you to know today that you are profoundly welcome in this space. That Jesus knows you fully all of the way through your being. And he's inviting you in this time to experience this moment with him. And that in the heart of God today, there is an eager sense of desire and anticipation to spend these moments with you. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering together, we would assume that everything would be perfect. Jesus has made the preparation. He's eager and he's excited to experience this space with his disciples. But as the passage continues, we realize that everything is not as it ought to be. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table and eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. And in the middle of this beautiful dynamic where there should be peace and harmony and joy and holiness and celebration and goodness and a focus on the presence of God, Jesus says, in the middle of this environment, there is betrayal. There is sin, there is brokenness. One of the disciples sitting close enough to Jesus to be sharing a bowl with him where they're dipping the bread into a particular kind of sauce, one of them will betray him. But it's not just this. A few verses later we read, You will all fall away from me, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. You see, every single one of them would hurt Jesus in some way. Certainly Judas would do the worst and the most evil thing by betraying Jesus to a torturous death, but every single one of them would run away and would abandon Jesus. Peter is talking a really, really good game, saying no matter what happens, even if it costs me my very life, I will never abandon you, I will never betray you, I will never say anything against you, I will hold firm to you and stand with you no matter what comes. But Jesus knows Peter all of the way through, and he knows every single one of them. And in the middle of this environment that should be beautiful and holy and full of celebration, there is so much sin and so much brokenness. And I think that for so many of us, when we come to an experience of communion, we also come face to face with the reality that we are profoundly broken. We come face to face with the reality that we have not followed Jesus in the ways that we promised that we would follow Jesus. We come face to face with the reality of all the times we have said to him, Lord, I will never sin again in this particular way, only to give in to a desire for comfort or protection or for selfishness or pleasure or pride or arrogance or greed or gossip or whatever it might possibly happen to be. And maybe like Peter, we have talked a really good game. 
but in the reality of our soul, we haven't lived up to the commitments that we've made in relationship with God. One of the things that I find fascinating about Jesus in this encounter is Jesus knew every single one of his disciples. He knew everything about them. He knew everything they were thinking, everything they would do, all the fullness of what would happen. And he still welcomed them freely into the environment. His invitation to them to come to experience that celebration with him did not change. But also with Jesus, he wasn't willing to just leave them in this space of brokenness. He also challenged every one of them in the things that they would do that would be broken and sinful and harmful and wrong. And Jesus is so gracious to do this with each and every one of us. Again, today Jesus knows you all of the way down and he knows you all of the way through. He knows all of the ways that you are wrestling with brokenness and woundedness and sin. He recognizes all the ways that we as a community are fractured and broken, the ways that we have sinned against one another, the ways that we are bitter and resentful towards one another, the ways that we have harmed one another. But he still welcomes every single one of us in any way. But he's not content to leave us there. Like every good parent, he would challenge us in the things that are broken and destructive in our lives, never to shame us and never to just leave us in a space of feeling condemned, but so that we can find healing and redemption and peace and confidence and freedom in his presence. And today Jesus welcomes us into this kind of space. And so we wanna just take a few honest and open moments with Jesus and just ask him, Jesus, where am I sinning against you and where am I sinning against other people? Lord, what are the spaces of brokenness within my soul today? And again, this isn't a threat. Jesus welcomes us into these moments so that we can find a space of freedom. He welcomes us into these moments so that we can turn away from the things that are broken and destructive and damaging our lives, so that we can acknowledge with him that these are wrong. We can ask for his forgiveness and we can turn and move in a different direction. And so let's just take a few moments with him. And whatever he brings to mind, again, just ask for his forgiveness and ask him what he wants you to do to move away from these things as well. Let's just prepare our hearts to receive communion and to experience it with him. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered together that evening to celebrate the Passover, it would have been a very structured experience for them, kind of like we've had this morning. There would have been space to hear the story of God's redemption and his movement and work. They would have stopped to sing a number of psalms. They would have heard more of the story of God's redemption and again gathered, continued to sing together a number of the psalms and experience the meal as they walked through this time together. This was a dynamic that they had created with a number of prayers and sayings that would go throughout the meal that everyone knew and everyone fully understood. And at one point, about halfway through the experience of the meal, the family head would take a piece of bread, a large loaf, and would break it and would say something like this. This is the bread of affliction which our fathers ate in the land of Egypt. Let everyone who hungers come and eat. Let everyone who is needy come and eat the Passover meal. And they would take the bread that they had broken, break it off into smaller pieces, and pass it down the line until everyone in the household had a particular piece of bread in front of them. And this would have been done in absolute silence as each one of them pondered and considered the reality of, how, of God's saving work in the life of their nation. And what we see Jesus doing at this particular point of the meal, we read that while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, perhaps saying those words, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take it and eat. This is my body. 
He broke the traditional silence to reinterpret the meal, to show them a whole new perspective of the saving work that God was doing. After just declaring that anyone and everyone who is needy or hungry or oppressed should come and should eat this Passover meal, Jesus says to them, I myself am the Passover meal. I am the bread that satisfies. My life is the thing that will bring you freedom and redemption, that will cancel oppression and break every chain. My life is the thing that will renew you and restore you and free you. My life will satisfy you at the deepest levels of your being. And today Jesus invites us into this space again to remember the wondrous gift of his salvation. We live in a time and a space where we rush and we move so often to find a deep level of satisfaction. We might be running from one purchase to the next purchase. We might be running from one relationship to the next relationship. We might be running from one particular experience of pleasure to another to try and find some way to satisfy the deep levels of our soul. And Jesus says to us today, to every single one of you who is in need, come to me. My life within you is what will satisfy the deep places of your soul. My life within you is what will make you whole. Where we feel oppressed and pushed and wrung through by addiction or by sins that we cannot shake or by relationships that are damaging within our life, Jesus says to us, come to me. I am the one who frees you from oppression. And where we are in spaces where we are caught and lost and unsure, Jesus invites us to come and to take this deep, this rich bread from his presence. Where we are in need, when we cannot find satisfaction, where our souls are longing for something different than our world or our culture or our experience can provide for us, Jesus says to us, come to me. Take the bread of my presence into your very self and be satisfied at the deep levels of your soul. And today can I ask you, how satisfied do you feel? Today, are you full and are you whole? Are you brimming and overwhelmed with abundance and life and freedom and confidence and goodness? Jesus says to every one of us, myself included, who are so deeply in need, come to me. Don't try and find fulfillment in things that can never last. Don't waste your life on things that can never satisfy. Come to me.